You are listening to Your Daily Drive, and I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. Today we have interacted with we interacted we interact with a lot of people. There are a ton of people that come to our website every day, and I'm talking about multiplied thousands of people that come every day, and they deal with all kinds of issues. That's what they bring with them. Some of the things that we have interacted with today through our live chat feature, one lady was asking how to help a lesbian who's trying to come out of the lifestyle and is struggling with all kinds of issues like depression. We had another situation where a mom is struggling with a gay child. We've had two people come who are adult children who are going through the repercussions of what it's like to be to have an angry father, the way that they were reared in their childhood, and now they are adults and they're still going through the repercussions of that. These are just some of the things that come to us on a daily basis, and it is an absolute joy and privilege to be able to serve so many people and and people who are struggling with legitimate issues and they really want help. And that's the reason I want to share with you this podcast today, because if we don't learn how to take care of our problems, if we don't learn how to respond rightly to the Lord in our sanctification, there can be adverse things that happen to us. And I want to share the story of a true story about a person who was disappointed in life in a significant way. And it did not end well for him. He became what I call a Christian cynic. Cynicism is a response of the disappointed person. And cynicism is is really, is probably one of the best labels to describe our current culture. We are a culture of cynics, and cynicism is an awful place to be, but it can happen if you do not respond well to disappointment. And so that's what I want to talk about today in this podcast. The title of the podcast is Cynicism is a Response of the Disappointed. And if you want to read this podcast, you're welcome to do that. There is a 2,400-word article on our website, rickthomas.net, the same title And you are welcome to read this, share this. There are other articles that are embedded in it, and I could not appeal to you any more in in a more stronger way than to take the time to read it because we all are disappointed or have experienced disappointment in our lives, and we must have a God-centered view on this, or we can spiral into some bad places. I want to get into that article in just a moment, but I want to share two things that have come through uh, that people have sent in. They're pertaining to the two books that I published in 2018. One's called Change Me. The other one's called Suffering Well. And if you haven't read those books, I would encourage you to do that. Lori wrote in and said, I read at least one of Rick's articles almost every day. I have just gone through some really hard times, and I have read his books, Change Me and Suffering Well, over and over during this time. And I highly commend you. Thank you so much, Lori, uh, reading both of those books. She went on to say, I've learned so much, and I've grown spiritually from those books. So thank him for me. She sent that in through our live chat feature. And then another person wrote in and said, Is the book Suffering Well available on CD? 
It's not. If someone wants to underwrite that, I would love to make that happen. We did price that out, ask what it would cost, and it was $12,000 to get it on Audible. And I'm sure there are less expensive ways to do that, but that was the price that we received. And so, well, just couldn't do that. But the person's asking, is the book available on CD? And then went on to say, it is the best book that I have ever read. I would love to be able to listen to it when I walk. Thank you. My point here is to just share with you that if you don't have those books, choose one, read it, then get the other one. Go to Amazon, type my name in, Rick Thomas, and then you can ch type in either Change Me or Suffering Well. Either one of those will take you eventually to my author's page, and you can get both of those books there, and I would encourage you to do it. Let me get into this podcast. Cynicism is a response of the disappointed. An unprepared heart will not receive disappointment well. And that is the overarching idea that I want to share with you in this podcast. We must prepare our hearts because disappointment will undoubtedly come. And the temptation to become a cynic will be powerful. What does the cynic do? He concoons him, himself from hurt while distrusting the active goodness of God in his life. And so think about an individual who isolates themselves. And the big idea is that they distrust the active goodness of God in their life. Let me share the story of Biff. He became a Christian later in his life. He was 34 years old at the time. Christianity was a stark contrast to his upbringing. It was fresh, clean, loving, and hope-filled. Every time they opened the church doors, he was there. And whenever there was an event, no matter what it was, he was part of it. He could not get enough of God, Christianity, or Christian people. When he read the Bible, it was as though it was reading him. His life began to make sense he was soon baptized, he was singing in the choir, he was working in, in the church. Wherever he could get plugged into a ministry, it did not matter to him. If the church needed help, he was Johnny on the spot. The first couple of years of his church experience went well. He felt loved by the leadership, and he also thought he had a purpose for his life. Then one day, for some seemingly inexplicable reason, he had a misunderstanding with his pastor. When I talked to him later, and again, this is a true story, he said it was a trivial matter that should not have gone to where it did. Regardless, he and his pastor got into a heated argument. They spoke words that they both would regret later. Biff was a Christian, but he was not entirely sanctified, which is why I talked about earlier the unprepared heart when disappointment comes. And if your heart is not prepared and, well, you're not entirely sanctified and you could be in a bad spot. And so he had a hot temper and a hair trigger, especially when things did not make sense or were not going his way. What he did not realize was that his pastor was similar and when they disagreed over something, things went bad quickly. And I think it's important for all of us, all of us to know, sometimes we can elevate our pastors uh, to a position that we really ought not to because in a big way, they are just like us. 
They have similar temptations and struggles, and your pastor is not entirely sanctified. And so that event disillusioned Biff, and he was hurt. Though he had sinned against his pastor, his pastor sinned against him too. The problem was that they both were too proud to reconcile their differences. Because of Biff's immaturity, he was hurt, and he didn't know how to deal with it. This incident, it was not the first hurt. It was not the first disappointment in Biff's life. Though it was the biggest, and what I mean by that is because it was the most unexpected. Some people can think that being a Christian gives you a level of protection against disappointment. I mean, it should, right? (laughs) They could reason like this, quote, I can see how people and companies and institutions could let you down, but how can God let you down? Religion is about love. God is love. How can a loving God make bad things happen to people? I gave my life to God. He should protect me. I'm not bargaining with Him, but I'm not expecting bad things to happen to me either. I've had bad things happen to me. But as I said, that's the world. I assume that from them. That's the way they are. But God is different. My life is going to be different now. I'm on God's side. I could say that's autobiographical because honestly, that's how I thought, even though I would never articulate it that way. And if you shoved a Christian exam up under my nose, I, I would not I would not say this on the exam either, but the truth is I had at least a low-level expectation that things were going to be quite different, and and I would not go through the horrendous things that I did go through post-salvation. Well, that's exactly what happened to Biff. Biff was on God's side because the Lord had regenerated him legitimately, genuinely. Biff was a believer But the problem was that he was not discipled well, and he remained immature in his faith. There was no proper preparation for disappointment, not the kind of frustration that came from his church leadership. And when it did come, he left. He began pouring himself into his landscaping business and was quite successful at it. But that's how Biff was. It didn't matter what he did. He was usually a success. He was successful within his church, and he was successful as a businessman. Biff was a gifted fellow. There seemed to be very little that he couldn't do, but there was a flaw. When we talked, I began to notice a pattern in his life. Though he was successful in whatever he did, Biff was not satisfied with anything that he did. Biff was always a man in pursuit of something. Initially, I thought he was in a quest for God when he became a Christian, but that was not the whole truth. He was in part in the pursuit of filling a deep void in his life. He tried many things before he came to God, and none of them were satisfying. Then when he did come to the Lord in genuine repentance, Biff thought that he had found what he had always been looking for in his life. And though he did see some fulfillment and God did regenerate him, authentic, Biff was not thinking rightly about what it meant to be a Christian. You see, he saw Christianity primarily as a means to satisfy his deepest longings of discontentment rather than an opportunity to glorify God. Now somebody may ask, Can a person experience salvation for selfish reasons? 
Absolutely. Though not wittingly. Not as in this is what they are really doing, meaning they're not coming to Christ because of who Christ is and what Christ has done. They're coming for selfish purposes. If it's that premeditated, they probably aren't saved. But can you have selfish motives in an unwitting way? Honestly, I think most of us do that. Haven't you heard of folks who became Christians because they did not want to go to hell? The number one reason that I wanted to become a Christian was that I was disillusioned. I came to Christ because I was disillusioned. And after I became a Christian, the peace that I longed for did come. But I was not prepared, meaning I was not discipled, to accurately interpret disappointment after becoming a Christian. And when my time of significant disappointment came, the disillusionment of of Biff was uniquely mine. What happened to him and his soul happened to me and my soul. God had to do a realignment in my mind. He had to uh, reconfigure my reasons for being a Christian and what I really need to focus on rather than my unfulfilled longings or my discontentment or even a person's desire to stay out of hell. None of those things are necessarily bad, but they can't be the primary thing. And so, yes, I think On some level, almost all of us become Christians because we are looking for a better life. And I don't have a problem with that as long as you understand what a better life means. Biff did not understand it. And though he would not say it this way, he was actually using religion as a vehicle to satisfy himself. I think many of us, if we would take that sober and honest assessment as to why we became Christians... It may be some version of that. But again, I don't have a problem with that unless that is all you see religion to be. At some point, you have to make a turn in your heart and see religion as the way to make God's name great. And that's really my point that I'm making in this section here. Very few of us come to the Lord. I I, I want to become a Christian because I want to make God's name great. No, that's usually that that would be a small percentage percentage of people who say that. Virtually every one of us come for other reasons. But we all should be thinking less and less about ourselves and more and more about God and other people. If you do not do this, which is really the great commandment, love God, love others more than anything else. If you don't do that, you'll be set up to be crushed by disappointment. And Biff was set up. There was no preparation for what was to come, and when the inevitable disappointment happened, you could say he went fishing. I'm quoting John 21, 3. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing (laughs) after the disappointment of Christ. For Biff, religion was just like all the other things that he had tried, though he had had a hard time saying it. Here it is. He was disappointed with God. In time, he became a critical man who decided to take his talents elsewhere. With religion in the rearview mirror, he went after the next best thing, and as you should be able to predict, he never found satisfaction in anything outside of God's favor. He slowly began to lose hope. If your life is about filling some void in your life, you will be disappointed. After being disappointed one too many times, you will begin to lose hope. And once you lose that, the next step for you is to become a crusty old cynic, which is what happened to Biff. 
As he looked back on his life, he saw more disappointments than he could count. The worst of them all was the most unexpected disappointment with God. You see, his parents disappointed him. His siblings disappointed him. His friends disappointed him. His career choices disappointed him. His hobbies disappointed him. His things disappointed him. He could not be satisfied. He had low-level and unruly discontentment. But then finally, God disappointed him. And though Biff should have been hope-filled, which is in no small measure what it means to be a Christian, he had lost hope. He had joined himself to the growing number of believers who have embraced our culture's critical spirit. Biff became a cynic. Cynicism is a hopeless attitude that reveals a rebellious heart. Ultimately, the cynic is saying, I am not getting what I want. Things are not going my way. This is how rebellion works in the heart of the cynic. It is a self-justified pity party. It can happen. It has happened to me. You have probably been tempted that way too because there is a sprinkling of disappointment all along the way in our lives. It is easy to become a cynic. If you don't have a good view of who God is and how you're supposed to live in His world, you can quickly become a cynic. When a person begins to drift from the cross, darkness will enter his soul until he completely loses sight of Calvary. Cynicism creates a numbness toward life, which is what happened to Biff. It began with one disappointment that he had not prepared his heart to accept. The numbness continued to grow, imperceptible in the beginning, but as more and more disappointments came, big and small, his cynicism began to grow. Biff had lost his childlike spirit. He embraced a cynical attitude. It is rare for a child to be a cynic. Each day is a new day for a child, and with that day comes an expected hope. This type of personality should be analogous to the Christian life. If a Christian has a right view of God and how God works in the lives of his children, he is full of hope. But if you began to doubt God, you can become a critic or a cynic. Wasn't this the story of Adam and Eve? Satan's first recorded words were cynical, and they responded to his words by believing a lie. A person who is hurt so many times may succumb to the temptation to withdraw from God and others, which is a means for self-protection. This reaction is normal for any of us. Biff was hurt. The first disappointment caused him to pause, but after several more hurts or frustrations in his life, he began to grow spiritually distant and cold. Becoming spiritually distant is a characteristic of cynicism. Biff began to withdraw in his heart from God. Before anyone recognized it for what it was, he had already developed a creeping bitterness that not only deadened his spirit, but was destroying it too. Rather than engaging the evil in his world, he grew tired, grew numb, grew distant. Even at that, he was very much aware of the negative things that were going on around him. It's kind of like the guy sitting on the back row of a church meeting with his arms crossed, criticizing all that he sees, but maintaining a safe distance. Paul Miller talked about this in his book, the praying life, he said, quote, Cynicism begins with the wry assurance that everyone has an angle. 
Behind every silver lining is a cloud. The cynic is always observing, critiquing, but never engaging, loving, and hoping. Cynicism is a weird kind of way of being in the world, but not really in the world. Biff would offer critique as though he was in the world, but he was not willing to engage the world. He kept himself at arm's distance. It's like saying, I will tell you what's wrong with things, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Biff, being a detached critic, it was his way of protecting himself from crushing disappointment. But it also paralyzed him from doing anything for God. Biff was weary and afraid of being hurt again. Been there, done that. And I know many of you that are listening to this podcast can say a similar thing. The best that Biff could do was criticize. Part of the deadening process caused Biff to become more and more weary with life, which is what fed his discontentment. He could not see it, though. The more critical he became of God and his church, the more frustrated he grew in his soul. The more frustrated he became in his soul, the more he tried to fill his life with things, with events, with work, with relationships. Nothing was going to satisfy him until he brought these matters before the Lord. His eyes were not going to see enough. His ears were not going to hear enough. He would grow more and more and more weary and dissatisfied. That's out of the Ecclesiastes playbook, chapter 1, verse number 8. He said, All things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. And thus it was with Biff. Paul Miller, in his book, A Praying Life, also said, Cynicism and defeated weariness have this in common. They both question the active goodness of God on our behalf, while luring our hearts toward things that were never meant to satisfy. Biff's low-level doubt and God's goodness opened the door for more significant doubt until he hardly cared anymore. His thoughts used to be about what God wanted, but they turned to self-centered thinking. All that mattered was being satisfied. He tried God and found Him lacking, so he decided to live according to the dictates of his desires while giving God and religion a courteous nod. A courteous nod. It went something like this. I'm a Christian in name and external practice, but my heart is entirely into the ways of the world. God let me down. He disappointed me. If I'm going to be disappointed, I might as well have fun in the process. And that's how Biff rationalized his life. Biff was misguided in his thinking. Though he was a Christian, he missed two critical points about what it meant to be a Christian the first one is the chief end of man is to glorify God. You could say it this way, is to make His name great in all the world. And then the second point, and this is really the hard point for all of us to be able to practically apply into our lives, is if the first aim is, or the chief end of man is to glorify God and to make His name great in all the world. The second point, the hard point, sometimes God uses personal suffering as a way to make His name great in our lives. You see, that's the reorientation that the Lord had to do in my own mind and my heart. I came to the Lord because I wanted to be regenerated. I didn't want to go to hell. I wanted a different kind of life. I wanted to be satisfied. I wanted peace. 
All of those are good secondary reasons. But the thing that's going to give us a foundation, the thing that's going to solidify our life is our primary reason for coming to God is to glorify Him and to make His name great. And because very few of us come to the Lord with that as our primary agenda, God sometimes uses personal suffering as a way to reorient our minds to the main thing. And so God did is going to keep me out of hell. God did give me peace. He has given me a satisfied life, but he had to make the main thing. The main thing, and that's the chief end, was to glorify him in order to do that. He sent personal suffering my way to reorient my thinking so I wouldn't be so blooming selfish. It was hard for Biff to see the active goodness of God and the disappointments that came into his life. And I do understand this. It was when I began to understand these things that my Christian life changed, and this would be my appeal to you. Maybe you came to God because you wanted to be different. You wanted a personality change. You didn't want to go to hell. You wanted peace. You wanted whatever it may have been. But until you see God as the chief end, your desire is to glorify Him and to make His name great as the main thing, you'll have a hard time in life. And as I began to realize that God can use sin sinlessly for His glory, as I began to see how He's using personal suffering in my life to change me so that I can have a better relationship with Him and more effectiveness in His world, then hope began to creep back into my soul. This worldview of personal suffering to change us is one of the most vital aspects of the gospel. Personal suffering was the means by which cruel individuals put the Savior on Adam's tree, and that was the perfect will of God. Biff needed to see this kind of gospel hope and realignment. He needed to see that Christians are not above suffering, but that sometimes suffering is the only way that God is going to accomplish His purposes in our lives. A Christian who understands this will not be self-protective, but ready to engage evil even if he incurs personal loss. Though Biff will never have this opportunity, my prayer is that others will learn from his mistakes by making a significant course correction in their lives. I'm not being negative or pessimistic here when I say that Biff will never have this opportunity because this story is true. And Biff's real name is Joey, J-O-E-Y. And he was my brother. And he continued to drift from the Lord. And a few short years after the argument that he had with his pastor, he got into another one with his wife and she shot him five times. He died on that evening. It was April the 18th, 1997. Though Biff will never have this opportunity to change, to understand how God can use suffering in his life, in a person's life, in your life, to make a significant course correction, a realignment in your life. He will never see that. He will never have that opportunity. But you can. Cynicism is a response of the disappointed. You have been disappointed as I have too. There are two possible responses. One goes the path of the cynic, and the other one goes down the path of suffering that our Savior walked. You'll have to choose the path that you want to walk, but what you can't choose is suffering. We all get suffering. There are no exceptions to that. 
And so you have to choose how you want to suffer. Do I want to follow the Lord and the disappointments that come to me, or do I want to succumb to the lie of the devil? Did God really say? And you will become the cynic. You will cocoon, cocoon yourself. You will isolate from the world. You'll be a critic, but you'll never engage the world. Now, maybe you're in that spot now, and the disappointments have mounted, and you are truly discouraged my appeal to you would be to get some help, and if we can serve you in that way, please come to our website. We have community forums that you can jump on. They're free. They won't cost you a dime. You can jump on them, and you can ask your questions. We would love to serve you. We also have counselors, biblical counselors, that can bring God's Word to bear on your life. We have a lot of resources. You can listen to over a 1,000 podcasts. You can listen to or read a couple thousand articles uh, you, we have videos that you can look at, plus the interaction engaging us on our forums. The two books that I mentioned at the top of this podcast, you can get on our Amazon page, Change Me, the Ultimate Life Change Handbook. I would encourage you to read it. I know some have read it as many as five times. Multiple people have read it more than once, and that's the way that book was written, to be read multiple times. And it can, the Lord can use that to bring change in your life. And then you can also read Suffering Well. How to Steward God's Most Feared Blessing is the tagline. It is autobiographical as I go through the book of Job during the most horrendous time in my life as I fought off the very things that I'm talking about in this podcast. If you want to read this article, please go to our website. Cynicism is a response of the disappointed. Thank you so much for listening. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.